The ESPN Chicago Post Game Show is live. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app in HD at 100.3 HD2 and on AM at ESPN 1000. Let's get right into it. Here's your host, Fred Hubner. Ah! Ah, the day started off so well, the Bears won the coin toss. That's right. If I'm not mistaken, they lost the coin toss in their first two games. They won the coin toss, deferred. And that was about the last good thing that happened for the Chicago Bears as they lose 26-6 to the Cleveland Browns at First Energy Stadium. Your call's welcome, 312-332-3776. Justin Fields' first start as a professional, one he would like to forget. Six completions, 20 attempts for 68 yards. And for those who didn't know, and, you know, sometimes in scorekeeping and things like that, you don't know all the rules. So he passed for 68 yards. But when you look at total yards passing, they subtract the yards that you lose when you get sacked. And boy, oh boy, did Justin Fields get sacked. Not one, not two, not four, not five, not six, not eight. Nine times Justin Fields was sacked for 67 yards in losses. So he passed for 68 yards. He lost 67 yards on sacks. So when you look at the record books, the Chicago Bears passed for one yard and rushed for 46. A total of 47 yards today against the Cleveland Browns. 312-332-3776. Bears fall to one and two. We'll hear from all the particulars. We'll hear from Matt Nagy. We'll hear from Justin Fields, Cody Whitehair, Roquan Smith, who had another nice game, still trying to figure out what happened when he passed uh, Austin Hooper off to the safety. Um, Eddie Jackson apparently wasn't looking, and uh, Austin Hooper catches the uh, touchdown pass um, for the Cleveland Browns. So um, also we found out that Eddie Jackson and several other Bears still do not know how to tackle as Kareem Hunt rambled 29 yards for a touchdown at the time, making it 20 to six. Chase McLaughlin, you may have never heard of him, but if he's your, if you're looking for a fantasy kicker, you might want him. He booted field goals of 57, 52, 41, and 28 today. So four field goals. The Bears defense allowed 418 yards, but it's really difficult to sit here today and criticize the Bears defense. Um, they were they did have struggles tackling. I'll always criticize them for that. But you saw the Bears get some sacks themselves. Um, five sacks for the Bears. Khalil Mack with two, despite the fact he had a bad foot. Quinn, who we're starting to see the Quinn that the Bears paid all the money for, he had one and a half sacks. Mario Edwards, back after a two-game suspension, had one. And Blackson also had the other half, along with Quinn. But the Bears did some things in the first quarter, which were really nice defensively. They stopped the Cleveland Browns twice on fourth downs. The Browns tried to go on fourth down twice in the first quarter. Browns get the ball, opening kick. They march downfield, and there's a fourth and five. The Browns decide to go for it. And Quinn and Blackson combined for the sack. The Bears then get the ball, and really the only time they move the ball, they get the ball at the 47. David Montgomery goes 16 yards, goes another yard, uh, five wides, and field scrambles for seven. Then on the third and two, they pitch to Montgomery. He doesn't gain anything, so they kick the field goal. Cairo Santos from um, 47 yards out. And the Bears have the lead, 3 nothing. They go into a hostile environment. They have a 3-0 lead. Next time Cleveland gets the ball, they march downfield again. And what happens? A fourth and one. The Browns go for it. The Bears stop them. Khalil Mack with a sack. Clearly some miscommunication in the backfield for the Cleveland Browns. So you're saying, okay, they're not moving the ball, but defensively they're making stops when they have to. But the Bears could not do anything. And then the sacks began. Uh, after the 3 nothing lead, the Bears get the ball first and 10 in their own 31. Play action, Clowney with a sack. Uh, Effetti gets beat. And it was bad from there on out. The Bears' offense was miserable. It didn't seem like Matt Nagy put in plays that were going to be uh, helping with the abilities that Justin Fields brings to this Bears team. 
and you saw very few rollouts. I think it was one or two. Um, sometimes you would think that, and I think they brought it up, Kevin Burkhart and also Greg Olson on the broadcast today. The Bears rarely, if ever, had a tight end chipping any either Clowney or Miles Garrett on the ends. They didn't do it. Well, when you've got a, guys like that, long arms, um, Matt Nagy compared them to basketball players, quick, long arms, big guys, and they were able to get past both a Fetty on one side and Jason Peters in the other, but there was nobody chipping them most of the game. It's kind of a strange decision to not have somebody when you've got your rookie quarterback making his first NFL start. We'll take your calls, 312-332-3776. You've probably had a little bit of time to calm down, maybe, after the Bears lose 26-6. to Maybe not. It has. It was a very, very difficult game to watch. One of the worst games I've seen in a while. Just talked to someone on the phone. They said we, they turned it off after the sixth sack. And I said, oh, you missed the next three. So, yeah, nine sacks for the Cleveland Browns today um, as the Bears lose. One yard passing. David Montgomery didn't hit. There weren't many holes uh, anywhere for Montgomery to run today. David Montgomery for the contest. Let's see here. He... Um, he didn't run the ball all that much. 10 carries, 34 yards. Fields, 3 for 12. Um, six targets for Allen Robinson. He had two catches. Montgomery had two. Komet and Mooney each with one. Graham and Goodwin both targeted once, but that was it. When you only throw 20 passes, you're not uh, getting targeted all that often. So let us know what you think. 312-332-3776. Another number that came out here, the Bears averaged 1.1 yards per play. That's the second fewest by any team in the National Football League this century. So, yeah, things were bad for the Bears start to finish. They fall to one and two. They get the Detroit Lions next week at Soldier Field. And uh, the Lions suffered a tough loss of their own. They were actually beating the Baltimore Ravens. They give up a fourth in like 19. And Justin Tucker kicks an NFL record 66-yard field goal to win the game for the Baltimore Ravens. So the Lions have had some tough struggles. They lose a couple games to San Francisco and the Packers, and now they lose at the very end um, to the Baltimore Ravens. They hung in there. Line was eight and a half. The Ravens were an eight and a half point favorite in the game today, but they lose. So let me know your thoughts. I know I'm looking at Twitter. I'm seeing Matt Nagy's got to go. He can't stick around. Justin Fields, he was fine. They did x-rays on his hand. He, uh, after getting sacked nine times, they wanted to check on an in, a little injury they thought they saw. He said, I'm fine, no problem, everything will be good. Um, we'll hear from Cody Whitehair, we'll hear from Roquan Smith. Like I said, Roquan Smith and some of the defensive players actually did, did not do a bad job. Um, Kendall Vildor was getting picked on early because Odell Beckham Jr. making his first start, I want to say his first game, in a year or so, and uh, they went to him early, and Vildor was having a hard time when he was on his side. Jalen Johnson played an okay game. They didn't try to attack him all that much. But the two running backs coming into the game, I think everybody had a pretty good idea that the Bears' defense was going to have to stop the run. I mentioned how the Browns had 418 yards. 215 of those yards were on the ground. That's right. They, uh, they were able to run quite well against that Bears uh, defense. I'm looking really quickly here. Um, let's see here. Really quickly. Nick Chubb, 22 rushes for 84 yards. Kareem Hunt was just breaking tackles everywhere. 10 for 81. So they were able to run the ball pretty well. Baker Mayfield scrambled for 31 yards. 312-332-3776. Your thoughts on the game. Uh, what you thought of Matt Nagy's play calling. I can't believe anybody was look, was happy with it. I know Matt Nagy wasn't. I heard the beginning of his press conference. We'll play that in just a little bit. Let's go up to Evanston and John. John, you're on ESPN 1000. What's happening? Hey, you know, after watching the game today, you had field start, probably one of the more hostile environments in the NFL this year in Cleveland, mm-hmm. where a veteran quarterback would have had trouble getting his signals called, much less making plays this is why you have a veteran backing up a veteran this is why you don't start justin in in an environment like this i mean the kid 
can only do so much, okay? And every he did try to run, and when he tried to run, he got tattooed. He got rolled up on. I mean, the defense, great for 90% of the game, but when they're on the field, three and out, three and out, they're going to wear down, and that's when Cleveland's running game really took a toehold on their defense. Look, at this point in time, if, if, I'm, the, if I'm a member of that coaching staff, I'm talking to Nagy and saying, look, we got Detroit here next week. If Fields has to start that game, that's fine. But then we go to Las Vegas, another hostile environment. Why don't we reevaluate the situation and maybe make, you know, reestablish our backup quarterback situation for the time being? Let Justin just get the playbook down so that when he does have to play, he can call plays and he knows where his receivers are at and he knows where to throw the ball so he's not holding on to it and getting run over. Look, I'm, all I'm saying, Freddie, is if we continue to play Fields this year, he's going to get hurt. This is a tough schedule. It's going to be hard for the Bears to win road games this year. That's how tough it is. You've got, you know, I want Justin to do well. I want Justin to be successful. But I want Justin to feel like he's ready to take over. And right now, he's not. And, and you're, you're, all you're doing is, is getting this kid banged up. Our offensive line, Freddie, it stinks. I mean, they were they were blasting through there every time he got the snap. Yeah, it was it, really bad, John. I, I appreciate the call. I got I to go. But, yeah, um, I understand what you're saying. But could you imagine if after Andy Dalton got hurt, Matt Nagy stepped to the podium and said during the week that because Andy Dalton is injured, we're going to start Nick Foles because we don't think that Justin Fields is ready yet. They drafted Justin Fields to play. I agree. I know that they do not want him to play. They did not want him to play as soon as this. They did not want him to play in week three of the season and be the starting quarterback. He was, and um, it showed that maybe he wasn't ready. The line isn't ready to protect him. And you're right. It's a hostile environment in Cleveland. But there was only, I think, one false start, and that was on Jermaine Effetti. Unfortunately, on a third and one, where they have an opportunity to get a first down after they're actually were moving the ball a little bit in the second quarter. They had first and 10 in their own 19. Fields hit Mooney for nine yards. Montgomery went six. Fields rolls left and he finds Allen Robinson for nine yards. Then an incomplete to Mooney. So at least they're near midfield, right? And you get a third and one. And Fetty gets a false start. And um, then Garrett gets a sack. Then they end up punting. And uh, there was a stat I used earlier yesterday when I was here with Brian Hanley, and the stat was that in first games from rookie quarterbacks, the punters average 5.6 punts per, per game. Today, Pat O'Donnell had seven. Yes, seven punts. Now, if you could have bet that somewhere on one of the many, many gambling sites, that would have been cool. Uh, let's grab another call before we take a break. Let's go to Lincoln Park and TJ. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, TJ. Hey, how's it going, Fred? Okay. Yeah, um, really quick, I couldn't respond to that part said that uh, Justin Fields wasn't ready. I think it's, it's interesting just given the fact that, you know, how many times do we see him you know, put in the right position to succeed, you know, in terms of play action? Um, and alongside of that, and, you know, he's one of those dynamic things that we've seen at a quarterback for a while in this sure. town. Sure. And, um, you know, to that point, I mean, you know, with Matt Nagy, I mean, like, it just seems that like, there seems to be a disconnect in terms of play calling. And um, you know how we position our quarterbacks to succeed. So I think it's you know quite telling that you know from a coaching standpoint, it seems like every quarterback that we've had with that does not succeed, and it seems that that seems to be the issue in terms of the common denominator. That's all I got. Okay, I appreciate it, TJ. Yeah, they, you know we'll hear from Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy said in this post game press conference, basically, this is on me. It starts and ends with me, um, and we'll hear from him. And we'll also hear from Jeff Dickerson. He was at the game at First Energy Stadium. He'll join us next when we come back after this on ESPN 1000. 
The ESPN Chicago postgame show continues on the ESPN Chicago app in HD at 100.3 HD2 and on AM at ESPN 1000. We saw something this bad with the Bears quarterback was Jay Cutler running for his life back in 2010 at the Meadowlands when they had, I think, nine or ten in the half, the first half. That was bad. Today was pretty bad, too. Welcome back in. Fred Hubner with you. Get back to your calls in a little bit. 312-332-3776. And when it comes to bad football, our guest has seen plenty of it. And today was probably right up there on his list. Jeff Dickerson joins us from uh, Cleveland, J.D., um, it doesn't get a whole lot worse than what we saw today. Well, Fred, I wish I could say that we've never seen this before. <laughs> As you just alluded to, though, we have seen this before. Yeah. We have covered many games like this. And that Cutler game back in the – back in the, it was actually um, – it was like the first year of MetLife Stadium. Okay. And I thought they were going to have to bury him in the end zone because the 11 sacks and, and, you know, he had a lot of head trauma <laughs> yep. that game. So Justin Fields – Checked out okay. He did, as you heard him say after the game, have an x-ray on his right throwing hand. Uh, That's just precautionary. He says he's fine. You know, Fred, uh, there are very few words. Actually, there's a lot of words you could use to describe that. Uh, Horrendous, uh, terrible, awful. Uh, There was really nothing offensively that you can say that's redeemable. I thought David Montgomery had a couple of nice runs, but obviously when they fall behind, their game plan gets all thrown out of whack, whatever game plan that is. And the shame of it, Fred, is that, you know, defensively they played really well in that first half. Right. And the offense just wasted that because they could never sustain any drives and stay on the field. Yeah, not at all. And uh, they were getting the ball to start the second half. I, I think that's the first time they won the coin toss this year. So that's actually the, the good the good thing started the game uh, for them. But, uh, yeah, the, the defense stops them on fourth down, the first two drives. Cleveland's going down, and you figure the people in Cleveland had to be going, okay, come on, do something. Get some points on the board. The, you know, the Bears are leading 3 nothing, But twice, Cleveland goes for it on fourth down. Bears get a couple of sacks. Nice to see uh, Mac, And we're seeing a whole different Quinn than we saw last year, aren't we? Yeah, he is really playing well, Robert Quinn. And, you know, Khalil Mack did have that sprained foot. Right. So he missed some time in the game. But when he went back in there, I thought he was pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you know, there were there were a lot of things to like defensively. I thought the pass rush in general was really good. You know, Baker Mayfield, Fred, was not all that sharp, I don't think. I mean, no. the touchdown pass, the first touchdown pass was a beautiful throw, but he wasn't that sharp today. He was missing a lot of open receivers. So the Bears had the Browns in a situation where their quarterback wasn't having a great day. The Bears' defense was playing outstanding football, and you still lose by the score you lost by because that shows you, again, just how – I don't know if I want to say historically bad, but just how rotten they were offensively. I mean, Fred, one net yard passing. Right. Now, that that might even be an all-timer for me, one net yard passing. That is something to behold. But, yeah, yeah again, you know, good performance. Roquan Smith was playing well. Yep, he did. Um, Eddie Jackson, of course, is still going to have his misses on, as far as tackling goes. But, yes. You know, Deion Bush was, was okay, had a PBU to start the game. But, you know, when you're out there as long as they were, and the, it's not as if the Browns were going three and out. They were having long drives. Yes, at they the were. End, the Bears were not breaking. Mm-hmm. They, would, they would bend but not break. But when you're out there that long with no help from your offense as far as staying on the field, good luck to you because that's not going to work out. Yeah, time of possession was almost double, 39-34 to 20-26. Um, you're going to hear this. I heard it once or twice during the broadcast. I saw other people mentioning, and I was thinking about it. So I'm going to ask you. Um, Justin Fields holding the ball a little bit long. Um, I thought so. Yeah, I, I mean, thought so. Now I asked Ben Nagy that question. Right. I said, "What well, would you think the sacks were more of, of Jim just beating you guys straight up, or was he holding the ball too long?" And Nagy's like, "I have to watch the tape. I, sure. I really can't give you a, a, a firm answer, which I understand and I respect because that's true. He does need to watch the tape to figure that out." Um, but no, Fred, the ball was not coming out quick at all. Especially, you would think you'd be making an adjustment knowing that you're, you're outgunned up front and your offensive line is really having a hard time blocking anybody 
then you would make an adjustment to get rid of that ball quicker, and he just wasn't doing it. Yeah. So you're not going to pin it all on Justin Fields. No, course, no, no, no. Not at all. Everyone can see now that, hey, he's he's got some work to do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's fair to say. A lot of those throws were off target, and you know the ball was not coming out. So, you know, again, you don't blame – I mean, that's a collective loss, certainly. But he has got some stuff that he has got to figure out, obviously. Yeah. Another thing on the broadcast uh, with Kevin Burkhart and also Greg Olson is, and I can't remember which one of them said it, but they uh, probably Greg Olson because being a tight end, uh, I guess every game he's done this year, a tight end has caught a touchdown. Uh, Austin Hooper catching one today. But he did yeah. mention that the Bears didn't, didn't often or at all have tight ends helping their their tackles uh, and to chip a Miles Garrett or a Clowney or anything like that. He didn't see much of that throughout the course of the game. That would yeah. only make sense, wouldn't it, if when you've got guys like yeah. that coming around the end? I mean, you would think that there would be a lot of max protection, and mm-hmm. you know, Nagy didn't want to get into that too much again because of scheme and everything. Right. But, Fred, I wish I could tell you that there was something good I can pull from that game plan. There's nothing. No. I mean, there was, there's nothing. And then not only are you sending all the tight ends out, you don't throw in the ball. Exactly. might have one catch again today. Yeah, like, come well, out I mean, with, yeah, one catch, four targets, and um, Graham had one, uh, one target. That was it. I mean, so we talked about last week them making an effort to get the ball to their tight ends, which they thought was a strength of this team going into the season. And it turns out that, again, just just – just nothing worked it. I thought Nagy had a really good kind of throwaway line. He's like, when it's this bad, you know, he was trying to take blame. And we're like, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was really bad. I mean, we're talking about, like, the dark days of the John Fox era. Sure. We're talking about when Mark Tressen was going downhill. Um, Fred, I mean, offensively, that was just as, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but that literally was as bad as, as football as you're going to see. And it's so funny because Jake Trotter – who covers the Browns for us? We have this, you know, Slack chat we do during the game yeah. with our editors and everything. And his he makes a comment. This is the worst offensive display I've ever seen in my life covering a prep football, college football, pro football. This is the worst. Yeah. And my response back to him was, "We well, haven't watched much Bears football over the years, have you? No, because I mean, you've you've just you've seen this before, and I." Hate to make light of it, but unfortunately, it's not the first time it's happened. No, not, definitely not. Okay, uh, fourth and two at the Cleveland four. They're down 13-3, and Nagy decides right. to go for the field goal with uh, 146 left in the third quarter. Um, He's trying to make it a one-possession game. Right. Now, but I could argue with you. I'm not argue with you. I think we're on the same page here. Um, the odds of them getting the ball that deep again were pretty remote. Sure. Right? Sure. <laughs> so... I understand making it a one-possession game, but I feel like you're that deep in. And then, you know, another thing I, I will question a little bit is, now the first play they ran in that red zone was a wildcat snap to David Montgomery, which mm-hmm. worked out. They got like five yards. Yep. But, you know, Justin Fields, like his strength threat is the red zone. So why would you take a snap out of his hands in the area that he works the best in? Does that make sense? I, I was I was kind of confused by that. But, no. He was trying to make it a one-possession game, but I think given the circumstances and their inability to move the ball, I think they would have been better off just going for it there. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at that drive, and uh, you had Peters with a hold, and uh, field slips, and you get a sack, and it's like, oh, my God. I mean, anything that could go wrong did go wrong in this one, um, There's yeah. a, without a doubt. I, yeah, I can just – Matt Nagy's not going to have a very good flight back from Cleveland because if he sits and watches the game, again, he's going to be more disappointed than he was when he watched it live. They better lock that door going to the to the pilots because I think there's going to be a couple of laptops and iPads thrown. Yeah, and you know that that was as down as Fred and I know Nagy takes a lot of criticism. That was as down as I've ever seen him after a game. I that, agree. That, that was that was rock bottom for him because I think he also understands that you know he can't have the rookie quarterback looking like this. I mean that that looks bad for the organization. Sure, they have Justin Fields play the game, and again, not blaming Justin Fields for everything because they couldn't block and the scheme was kind of out of whack and they weren't moving the pocket. I really, I think as much as they would have liked to move the pocket for him, but you know, when your job kind of hinges on the development of this prodigy quarterback, you think you have, and then he makes his starting debut and it goes like that, Fred. Yep. I mean, that doesn't make anyone sleep well at night, especially if your job is tied to that. Yeah. Let me ask you one last thing before I let you go. And that is, uh, we had, we had a caller who said, you know, it's tough to start rookie quarterback, hostile environment on the road, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Obviously, the Bears probably would have preferred having him start if, in fact, they could have at home. 
with all the fans behind him and everything else. But how difficult is it for a guy like him to start on the road? Because you were there, and I'm yeah. sure I'm sure it was a hostile environment. Well, it's a good team. Yeah, that's the thing, Fred. I mean, he's playing a really good team at home um, with great pass rushers. Yeah, Cleveland's a uh, listen. They're a real passionate fans here. I know they've been really bad for a long time. They're getting a lot better now with Baker and everything. Right. Right. But these are this, these are very smart football fans, um, and they were loving it, man. That was a three hour celebration of Browns football. They were doing their dog chants and their <laughs> woo 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 and sure. dancing and drinking like crazy. And I mean, they were they were loving that. I mean, that that reminded me a little bit. The scene reminded me of that Philadelphia game in Fox's last year, where the game was over before the Bears got off the bus. Right. And that right. was like the e- Eagles fans were just going nuts, like they like hugging each other, and that's kind of how the Browns. Browns fans were. This was a this was a win they they definitely enjoyed. Yeah, there's no doubt. JD, have a safe trip home. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, Fred. Always a pleasure, my friend. Jeff Dickerson. Uh, you can read all of his stuff. ESPN.com. No doubt you'll hear him on the shows tomorrow. Uh, be it with Cap and Jay Hood. Um, I think because of baseball, there probably is no Carmen in your coat tomorrow, but later on you'll probably hear Waddle and Sylvie, the White Sox, going back to Detroit on what was an off day as they have to play the Tigers one more time before coming home for their final homestand, which begins on Tuesday against Cincinnati. 312-332-3776, that's the number. We come back, we alluded to what Matt Nagy had to say when the game was over at his press conference. We come back, we'll hear it right here on ESPN 1000 in two minutes. This is the ESPN Chicago Post Game Show. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app in HD at 100.3 HD2 and on AM at ESPN 1000. Here's your host, Fred Huebner. Bears go down and go down hard. 26-6, the final scores. They lose to the Cleveland Browns. Nine sacks for Cleveland. Miles Garrett, he wasn't a Hall of Famer before the game today. He probably is going to be. Four and a half sacks for Miles Garrett just flying around the end. And as I mentioned, on the broadcast, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Greg Olson saying, the Bears don't give any help. They're not chipping on either end with a tight end. And you've got tight ends. You've got Komet on one side. You can bring Graham in. Jesse James can be there and help out, but no. So maybe they'll do some things and get some max protect in there next week when the Bears take on the Detroit Lions. That is a noon kickoff next Sunday here at Soldier Field. After the game, Matt Nagy had a lot to um, respond to, and he also had some statements about the way the job that he did leading up to this contest. Give it a listen here on ESPN 1000. Cleo Mack has a, uh, a sprained foot. He was able to finish. And then uh, Iggy has a, a right hamstring strain, and he was not able to finish. Um, you know, uh, simple fact of the matter is is that uh, the way these games go like this, there's the anticipation of the way things go. And I obviously, as a head coach, did not do a good enough job of uh, getting this offense ready to go to be able to play and win a football game. So uh, it starts with me. It ends with me. And uh, it's as simple as that. I appreciate the uh, the fight from our defense. I think that they fought their tails off the entire game. They kept us in it. Um, as, as much as we were struggling, uh, they kept us in it uh, against a, a good football team. I also want to credit Cleveland. Coach Stefanski does a great job. Uh, their, their coaches do a great job. Their players are, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of good players on that team. So um, that's, uh, you know, that's that part. And saying that it, it starts and ends with me, is something that uh, I take to heart, and I know that you know f- for our guys that are in that locker room, and for um, our coaches, that that's going to be the next challenge is moving forward and getting ready to play Detroit next week. So, um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up; it's that bad. Uh, so, but we got to get to the film, and we got to make sure that we're hard on ourselves, and we understand the whys, um, and, and and really just go from there. How big was that sequence when it started with the false guard, kills that drive, and then you go down and give up seven? Yeah, um, you know, again, offensively, we get to a, a third and one, and we have a, a false start. Um, so I, there's, a, there's a theme there, and, and that starts with me. I'm, I'm obviously not doing a good enough job of making sure that those guys are, are prepared in those situations. Uh, we didn't convert then. And uh, 
So you go back to third and six, and then we don't convert. And I think that's uh, in those moments you got to take advantage of that. And um, it just was we weren't able to get in a rhythm. They did a good job of getting first downs, but our defense did a good job of holding them, whether it was the two fourth down stops uh, and the sacks or whether it was uh, – you know, just being able to do enough to keep us in it. So, in the end, uh, yeah, there was there was no rhythm. Uh, you know that they're going to present different looks to a rookie quarterback and do different things. And again, I credit them for that. But I think that Justin handled everything really well. I think he did a uh, a really good job of staying calm and composed uh, with with the sacks that he took. He never never once um, got frustrated or, or angry. I thought he did. I mean, that, that's tough in that situation, and I'm proud of him for that. I don't I don't know Jeff I'm, I'm gonna go back and, and take a look at it and I think you know um, this is one of those ones where when you you want to go back and see we get on the plane and start watching the, the film to, to see the why uh, what that is but um, really when it's at this point you know with the the limited amount of yards you know the yards that you had on offense and um, the limited amount of plays and limited amount of points, we got to get to the bottom of it, and and so we'll we'll look at that and see. But um, it, it starts with me. When you say it starts with you, and you say you didn't do a good job getting the team ready, are you, are you talking about the game plan? The just, just everything. Just I think everything that goes into it, whether it's, um, yeah, if it's whether it's the scheme, whether it's um, you know just making sure guys are are ready and locked in, and just you know the the execution part, and um, you know when you. When you struggle like we did today offensively, um, that's what I believe. I, I really believe that. And I think um, that our guys were, were fighting. I think they were trying hard. Uh, I think their effort was there. But in the end, there's a responsibility and an accountability to make sure that you have your guys ready in this moment, right, in, in, in this type of game when you have the, you know, Justin coming in here. And, um, and that's what I believe. It seemed like... There was an effort to keep Justin in the pocket, and there weren't a lot of heavy protections. Some five minutes from there. What, what did you expect to happen? What were you- well, we 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 uh, again, without getting into too much scheme, we 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 know what we wanted to do and what we were going to try to do. They did too, you know. They they know as well, and so uh, there's some parts that you got to be able to adjust if they're going to try to take something away that they think he does well. Then you got to be able to to adjust too. So. That's where uh, when we get back to it and we watch the tape, we'll see exactly where we went wrong and, and, and why. And then ultimately, again, um, in the end, it's, it's my job to make sure that that why part um, gets fixed because I feel like right now where our defense, the way they're fighting against a good team like today, they gave us an opportunity to, to be in there to win the game. And um, and then we just didn't do enough. Now, when you, when you saw how much heat Justin was taking, did the game plan allow for you to alter it right then and there and get him out of the pocket, get him away from harm's way, and give him a better chance to? Yeah. Again, we 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 know and know you know where we're at with that, and there's again things that they were not going to allow him to do. You know, and and without getting in the scheme, there's things that that were going to be a little bit more difficult. And again, you got to give credit to 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 those those. Uh, those edge rushers that they got, they're long. I told you at the beginning of the week, they're like basketball players. They're, they're long and fast and strong. And so getting to the edge sometimes isn't as easy as what you think, you know. So now you've got to be able to uh, adjust to that. And, and that's where you've got to be able to, uh, to do like you guys are saying, too. You know, you want to be able to help out with the tackles and do different things. But it's as simple as trying to do that, too, with the quick game as well. Now, you're how, how, you make sure that, how do you make sure that this game doesn't damage his development? Yeah, that, that's, well, that's watching the tape and seeing the whys. Uh, it, it's, it's not going to damage his development because I know who he is and how he, like, again, like on the sideline, how he was. I think... When you look, when he watches this and sees, let's see as we go through it um, what the whys are, whether it's a protection or whether it's um, a timing element, right? Whether it's something in the run game, whatever it is, let's use this to try to help you get better and see see where things are. And he's very coachable. He cares, and I think that he'll definitely do that. Now you talked about you want Justin to be comfortable because you're building the call sheet for the weekend and things he likes, things you guys like. Where was the did this maybe before the weekly enough or just during the game? I know comfortable, but like you just seem to be interested in Yeah, no, well, I, we go through, um, we always go through it at the end of the week, and you go through the plays and you're where you feel, but then you never know, too, like 
like how the game's going to go. And that's where, whether it's the run game, whether it's play actions, whether it's movements, whether it's screens, whether it's drop back, uh, third down, where are you at and how are you protecting, um, all of that comes into play. And you've got to be able to, to, to adjust to that and, and make adjustments. And this is his first time going through that. So I think for, for all of us, um, what makes it hard and difficult is, is just such the lack of production in the numbers, right? That makes it hard. And when you have nine sacks, that's frustrating and that's difficult. But in the end, um, there's, a, there's a learning process for him. And what he's going to get from us as coaches and what he's going to get from, from his teammates, uh, including the quarterbacks, is positivity to help him. And, and, and again, like that starts with me. So we're going to get back to it and um, right away and figure out you know, the whys and move forward. Yeah, I think he might have dinged his hand up a little bit. I don't know a whole lot of the details, but yeah, I think he might have dinged it up a little bit. Um, so the correction part, when you when you look at, I, I look at it from the defensive side. Is I say because there's a feel on that sideline, right? I know this when you're getting those stops on fourth down, they're going for it, and you're getting sacks. There's a juice on the sideline. There's an energy. There's a vibe. And then to not be able to take advantage of that is the part where you you feel like okay, um, that can't happen. And then when it kept happening on offense and we weren't getting first downs or weren't getting touchdowns and they kept getting stops in the end you know it, you get into that third fourth quarter really the fourth quarter it just wears you down and that's where that four minute offense for them they're built when they get that lead like that with those running backs and that line that they have they're built for that four minute and it's hard it's not it's not easy but that defense uh those guys fought their fought really tough hard today and uh you know, that's where I think, like, as a team, I know the offensive guys care. I know they're going to get right back to the drawing board and figure out why. And then same thing with the coaches. But, um, you know, with me, it's going to start there, and I'm going to make sure that, that, that this gets fixed. Man, on your second field goal, it looked like Justin wanted to stay on the field there. Did you consider going Thought about it. Um, but at that point, too, you know, the points were hard, and, and to be able to, to get that back to uh, a one-score game was, was the why part. To come out of there with nothing uh, would have been a little bit deflating. And, and so if it was probably a little less than that, I think it was like fourth and two, if it was a little less, might have been a little different. But um, I, I, do, I do like the fact that, you know, he wants to be aggressive, but we also we got to be smart, too. Is it on the table to make changes personnel-wise on the offensive line this week, or are you committed to these guys? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into any of that as far as – because we got to look into everything, but it's not, it's not on the table. For us, it's just about – Making sure that we do this thing together. Uh, you know, those guys—they—they they care and they—they they understand what's going on. And um, you know, they're going to hold themselves accountable. They'll—they'll they'll see what that's all about. But uh, for us, um, you know, I'm going to be very anxious to get into that why, and and really just see for myself too where, where it's at with me. Did Will have to convince you guys to go back in? I know when he came back in the locker room, he kind of missed a couple of series still, like trying to get a mm-hmm. stuff. How did that all play out with him getting back in there? I don't know. I got. I'll find out more I, from from Andre. I don't know the details of that. But did you think he was going to go back in? Uh, from what I was being told, yeah, I think I think he was he was he was good to go back in there. So that was good. Two more. Man, you've had you've had bad games before and have recovered. But how much is this an eye opener? Say that again. I, I said you've had bad games before and come back from. But how right. much is, is this an eye opener? For you, as far as questioning what mm-hmm. you're doing, whether you're thinking, what you're doing is working big picture. Right. You maybe have to make bigger adjustments than even you thought. Well, on the right track. Um, you know, when you're when you look at games like this, uh, the competitor, and I mean, this one, it's hard to do with these numbers, right? To to where we're at offensively, so um, the competitor in you. Um, Get, it, it gets frustrated, you know. But at the same point in time, I think that's probably one of the one of my greatest strengths is is my care and my want to to, to get this thing fixed. And so we got to rebound back, and and staying positive uh, with the coaches and the players. Uh, again, when you have guys that that do care and you have guys that that want to get better, they do it for each other. They don't do it for themselves. And that's that's where I'm going to come from this thing from, you know, and, and understand that. Um, that we get to play uh, another game next Sunday uh, against a division opponent, 
and uh, when we get back to the facility there at Hallis Hall, get to the wise and then fix it and move on. Again, I'm not. I, I have. It's, I have no idea where where all that stuff's at. There's just too much, too much stuff going on between uh, with, with Andy. You know, so I'm not into that right now. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah, that was uh, Matt Nagy. They have no idea what's going on with Andy Dalton as of yet. Again, the numbers are bad, and I'm seeing someone, and they, I, I mentioned earlier that Justin Tucker kicked the 66-yard field goal. That's more yards than the Bears had the whole game. They had 47 yards the whole game because of the nine sacks that took away 67 yards from the Chicago Bears. So they had one yard passing and 46 yards rushing. Justin Tucker booted a 66-yard field goal, an NFL record, to win a game for the Baltimore Ravens. And that beat the Lions. And I'm looking at here. Look at here. The um, Lions up in Detroit, and they'll be coming to Soldier Field next week. They were honoring Calvin Johnson. He was being honored with his Hall of Fame ring ceremony. And the Detroit fans expressed their frustration with ownership by mercilessly booing the team owner, uh, Sheila Ford Hamp. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Fans booing the owner. Um, I'm sure if they mentioned a, uh, a Mr. McCaskey next week, that would probably get uh, many, many boos from the 63,000-plus that are going to be out there watching the Bears and Lions. You want to jump on in? 312-332-3776. Bears fall to 1-2. and two. They get the Lions coming to town next week. Uh, the Browns improved to 2-1, and one, and we'll talk about Justin Fields. We'll hear from the rookie quarterback making his first start. We come back after this on ESPN 1000. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Post Game Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. A couple other games going on right now. Minnesota holding on to a uh, 24-17 lead over Seattle. These are all, well, they were all third quarter. Now they've a couple of them moved. The uh, Rams lead Tampa 21-14 in the third Las Vegas has come back and taken a 19-14 lead over Miami. Miami jumped to a 14-0 lead in that one, and Denver's leading the Jets 20-0. Earlier today, Chargers beat the Chiefs 30-24. Chiefs turned the ball over four times, and uh, Chiefs coach Andy Reid left Arrowhead Stadium in an ambulance following the game. He stayed in the sideline until the end of the game, returned to the locker room afterwards. A source close to Reed told ESPN's Jeff Darlington that the coach was in good spirits when he departed for precautionary observation because he felt ill. Uh, the four turnovers, uh, we'll do that. If you're a Bears fan, you probably felt ill too. Hopefully Andy Reed is fine. The Bears lose 26-6, to and we go out back out to the phones. And out in Rosemont, it's Bob. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Bob. There's this notion, uh, you could probably take the sound bites that you just played from this news conference, and probably you, you, you essentially would have heard that already 10 times. Several, this, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how many times is this guy going to be going back to the drawing board to try to figure out what went wrong? You heard this endlessly with Trubisky because he couldn't figure out what to do with him, and now you're hearing it with the second quarterback. And this this notion about we got to go back to the film to figure out the whys of why the offense was futile. Uh, you didn't help blocking on the ends when you knew you had two number one draft picks rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. You threw new screen passes over their heads to try to at least slow down the rush. You didn't move the pocket. You, you, you took the most mobile quarterback you've had in decades, and you made him a pylon as if he was uh, – uh, as if he was Nick Foles or, or Andy Dalton, you didn't utilize any of his of, of his strong suits. And this notion about oh, it's on me and accepting responsibility, you know, it's great because obviously he's read a leadership book at some point, and it says that a leader always accepts responsibilities for the failure of those under his supervision. The problem is Desai did his job today. The kicking game, uh, I don't think, was a particular problem. The punter excelled, unfortunately. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, and when you're the problem, and everyone knows you're the problem, and national media says that the Bears, uh, I think it was Olsen who said, I'm not sure the Bears can run an offensive play. When that is so stark as a reality, I don't know that the coach – gets any credit for coming out and acknowledging that I'm responsible. Damn right you're responsible, and you're solely responsible for the game plan, which was an embarrassment in terms of it being professional football. Yeah, it was terrible. 
I'm just looking forward to the word salad for the remainder of this week because uh, it's going to be precious must-hearing, no question about it. Well, I see, Bob, the one advantage they do have is they're preparing for a team like the Lions and not a team like, and like you said, and like I said, I know that Olsen mentioned it and we've mentioned it a couple times, but not giving your tackles any help. Um, when you've got uh, Garrett from one side and you have Clowney from the other. That just made no sense at all when you got a rookie quarterback in his first start back there. No doubt about it. And you, you, you sit there and you've got all of these offensive minds. Mm-hmm. And it seems just like a, it's an echo chamber of folks reinforcing uh, you know what they believe, but uh, you, you you don't know what you're looking at. No, uh, wh- when you're watching and you're wondering what the hell they're looking at, and not being able to uh, deal with this in the most elementary ways that any high school or college coach would do at, at, at Division three levels. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous. It is, Bob. Appreciate the call as always. Very well thought out points. And when you're when you're in management and stuff, you want to bring guys people that are going to disagree with you. And I hope Laser and D. Filippo and all these other people do. Uh, because if they're just there to agree with Matt Nagy, this is going to be even worse. It, it could get worse as we go along. We go to the south side. Michael, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Michael. Yeah, I thought the defense did admirably in the first half. And I, basically, if you, if you can't move the ball, they're going to get worn down. That's thing you know, they just running all over them in the third, fourth quarter. Yeah. They was they're on the field forever. Yeah, yeah. So they double the time. Double the time of possession. Right. That's why they end up getting ran over. Now, my thing is, how was Garrett? They would have these free lanes. I mean, t- I mean, free lanes direct to the quarterback. Direct. Wasn't no tight end had a chip or uh, no. running back to come and chip or do something to, or throw the ball over his head or somebody to come out of the backfield and throw over his head so they can stop doing that? Michael, did you see the one time he came in and they showed the replay and they said <laughs> it looked like Jason Peters wasn't sure that that was his guy? Well, there's nobody else there to block. I don't know who the, who, who he thought was going to stop him at that point. Yeah, it was. I don't know. They made the, the young man look foolish out there, and it wasn't his fault. He just he was getting just killed yeah, out there, and he had no chance. He no. had no chance. I don't think. My, uh, just imagine if uh, 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 Dalton was out there. Oh, he, there would be uh, uh, somebody who had to probably call in the hospital. Well, That's how bad it would have been. They would have probably just tried to throw the ball a little bit more with him and quicker, get rid of it quicker. I think Fields, there were times where I did think he was holding the ball a little bit long, where I think a guy like Andy Dalton might have got rid of it a little bit earlier or wouldn't have as many sacks. But Fields... Okay, I'm going this one question. Yeah, go ahead. Where was the separation with these receivers? Oh, how there was none. Not getting open? There was none, but that's part of me thinks that he's also not hitting guys right when, you know what I'm saying? Maybe if he throws the ball, gets rid of the ball a little bit earlier, but he's trying to be care- He's trying to be so perfect in his first start. I'm not blaming him, but I think as we go along, we're going to see a Justin Fields that's going to be better. I, hate to, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. He's going to be better because of what happened today. I agree, though. I agree, because it can't can't, can't get no worse than that. You're right. Michael, appreciate the call. Thanks. 312-332-3776. Real quickly, let's grab one more before we take a break, and we will hear from Justin Fields. We go to Antioch and Roscoe. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Roscoe. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Michael just stole my thunder. I I, I think... What do the Bears have, 19 tight ends on their uh, active roster? I think it's down to five, but they, uh, they got a lot. Okay, well, it, maybe they should put them on milk cartons because they were missing in action today. I, I, this is an epic failure all the way up from Ryan Pace in the, in the front office. They constructed a roster that has very little capability of blocking off the edge. Everybody and their mother thought this guy had 15 and a half sacks today, uh, Miles Garrett. Great, great player. Yeah. But for, 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 for gosh sakes, can't they have one of these 18 or 19 tight ends in the room uh, who are active on game day, just chip them once in a while. I mean, I, 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 I've been playing football. I played football for 18 years. I've been watching it for 52. This is not a complicated game. And if I can see it and you can see it, and we're paying these guys millions and millions of dollars yeah. to construct a roster and put these guys on the field and then not use them in a way that they need them, this poor kid, uh, I, I think this kid's going to have traumatic stress syndrome because of this game. I, I don't agree that this might not ruin him forever. Boy, oh, boy, this was really tough to watch. And, it was awful. You know, I, if, if, if McCaskey isn't watching the game and doesn't see this, 
it's just it's just upsetting. Why why do we have to live with this year after year after year? <laughs> Roscoe, I appreciate the call and uh, understand your frustration. We come back, we will hear from Justin Fields. He didn't sound real happy afterwards either, but you couldn't expect it either, could you? After the game, he uh, threw six for 20, 68 yards. He was sacked nine times. Uh, for 67 yards. So the net passing yards was one yard for your Chicago Bears. We'll hear from the rookie quarterback. We come back after this. More Bears coverage on Instagram. Follow us at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is the ESPN Chicago Post Game Show. Yeah, Kareem Hunt with a touchdown run, 30 yards. He broke not one, not two, but three tackles. I still have to say it. I've been saying it for a year and a half. Eddie Jackson, those two things hanging from your shoulders are your arms. You've got to use them to wrap up. He just goes and tries to, like, throw his body and throw, like, a body block into Kareem Hunt. You're not going to get him down that way. And he did that, you know, when Kareem Hunt was, like, six yards into the run. And it's like, oh, my Lord. It happens all the time. And it's just so frustrating watching it. Now, in the, on that play, Deion Bush missed the tackle in the backfield. He got back there at least and missed the tackle. But then, um, you know, he broke a few more and went from there. Kareem Hunt had a nice game. So did um, uh, so did Nick Chubb as they ran the ball very, very well for the Browns today. The Browns rushing for 215 yards of their 418 as they beat the Bears 26-6. We'll hear from Justin Fields in just a second. First, we got a playing field in Tracy. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Trace. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I just want you to let you know I was a big Bears fan for most of my life. Okay. Until the 86 season when the management, instead of building a dynasty, gave it up. I became a Bengals fan. Now, last week, I know we lost you guys, and but you guys praised the team, the fans did, and the coach did. But look what happens. I mean, we're moving forward, even though we're not the best team in the world. Why can't they just make the change? Why can't they just give opportunity to some of these players that, that there's some of your players you guys sit out that I don't understand why. And you know what? I thank you for your call, and I just want you to Give me some information. Okay, Trace. Appreciate the call. Um, yeah, your Bengals had a nice win today. The Bengals got their quarterback. They let him play. He got hurt last year. Uh, he's back now. Uh, they got some really good receivers. Um, they're fun to watch with Mixon and everything else. Um, but it's tough to give up your fandom, okay? And uh, Bears fans are not going to do it. And um, they won't do it. I'm surprised that any Bears fans do. You just... you you. You live and die with your team, and that's how it usually happens. Uh, Justin Fields, his first start as a quarterback for the Chicago Bears. He did come in last week when Andy Dalton went down with the injury. Today, the first start for Justin Fields for the game, 6 for 20, 68 yards. He did run a few times, didn't get a whole heck of a lot there either. He was sacked nine times and talked to the media after the contest. I'm working harder than ever and, you know, just try to keep getting better each and every day. Without getting to the specifics of your conversation, what were the general tone of what, you know, Foles and Dalton were telling you? Yeah, they were just telling me, um, you know, there's going to be days like this and, of course, games like this, but, you know, it's about how you respond and stuff like that. So um, just just trying to keep my spirits up and stuff like that. So, um, you know, uh, it's great to have those guys as a support system and uh, just, just knowing that we support each other. Is, that, is your handle okay? Yeah, it's good. Is that your throwing game? Yep. Did you feel like there were opportunities to use your mobility in, in the game plan or what the Browns are presenting? I'm sorry? Did you feel there were opportunities to use your mobility with the game plan and what the Browns are presenting? Do I feel like there's... Do you feel like there were opportunities to, to run today? Uh, I mean, yeah, I ran a couple times, but, you know, I think you know, we played a great defense, and, um, you know, uh, I just went out there and tried to play my best, so, yeah. Justin, I imagine you've never had a day like this at any level of football. Uh, no. No. What, 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 what will you lean on to bounce back off of this? You don't uh, the way I feel right now. Yeah. You know, I'm not used to this, so I don't, I don't like feeling like this. So um, uh, just me not 
wanting to feel like this. And literally while I'm saying this, I'm getting goosebumps because I just don't like feeling like this. So um, I'm just going to get back and I'm, I'm, I'm going to work. That's, that's it. At the risk of a dumb follow-up, how do you feel right now? I feel good. No, but inside. What is that? What is that? Can you describe to us what that feeling is? Kind of like you're in a dark space and like you just want to do everything you can to just get a win. Like no matter what it is, like no matter how long I have to stay in the facility, no matter what, like just, you just want to come out. And after the game on Sunday, you just want to come out with the win, no, no matter what you have to do. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk to him after the game. Uh, I have to go get an X-ray, so I, I wouldn't uh, talk to him. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't even need an X-ray, but you know they're just being safe and precautious, so I'm fine. Justin, there was so much build up for your first start. How would you describe what the week was like? And obviously, you had a, a you know a mental image or thought of how it was going to go, and it didn't. So what's the what's the letdown like after? Um, I was just expecting to win. Um, I didn't necessarily have a. Uh, expectation on how many touchdowns we're going to throw, you know, what stuff was going on like that. But um, you know, I think every game we should approach it and expect to win, and, and it's that simple. Um, as far as, you know, being my first start, I wasn't trying to treat it like my first start. I was trying to treat it like a game that I was just trying to go out there and play and uh, not make the bigger, the moment bigger than it is and, and just go out there and ball out. So, yeah, that's kind of how I uh, approached the game. That week you were talking about how, you know, even keel you are, you've gotten to that point in your, in your life where you feel like that. Did you feel that way today, even with it being your first start and with it so quickly going in the wrong direction? Yep. I think you have to uh, keep that kind of mentality throughout whatever situation. And uh, when, when things don't go your way, it, it shows who you truly are on the inside and just, just the way you bounce back and the way you uh, react to those moments. Justin, since you've gotten drafted, you've been everybody's favorite person in the city. You've even come to Andy's defense when maybe the fan base wasn't as supportive of him. Are you prepared for the possibility that maybe some of those things we're going to say start to point fingers at you about the way you played today? No, because uh, at the end of the day, those people don't matter. Uh, when it comes to wins and losses, they're not helping us win. They're not helping us lose, so uh, they can really say whatever they want. Justin, you're a quarterback who's made plays your whole life. When you face a guy like Miles Garrett on the defensive side of the ball, are there any lessons you can learn from that of, you know, I'm going to face like guys like that in this league, how I can make plays against guys like that? Um, I mean, no. I think you answered your own question. I mean, you're going to play guys in this league, so you just have to get used to it. Did anything surprise me? Yeah. No. Justin, do you like more opportunities to move the pocket to roll out to use your legs? Uh, I like to score touchdowns, and that's it. So whatever way, you know, whether I was dropping back in the pocket, moving out in the pocket, it, it doesn't matter to me. I like throwing touchdowns. So. Thanks, guys. So, appreciate you. Yeah, it was Justin Fields. He didn't get a chance to throw a touchdown. I know a lot of the receivers were hoping they'd be able to catch one from him today. Allen Robinson had two receptions for 27. Uh, David Montgomery, two for 21. Cole Komet, one for 11. And uh, Darnell Moody, one for nine. That was it. The six completions for Justin Fields today. We go to the south side, and Dave, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Dave. How you doing there, Fred? Um, yeah, I just I just wanted to ask you a question. Is we're in danger of uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace uh, striking, the, striking again there and picking the wrong guy? Because the kid wasn't looking that good, Fred. I'm sorry to say, man. I mean, it was looking like it was a struggle all day in the offense. It really wasn't looking too good with the kid on the center there. Well, he so didn't. I'm just I'm, I'm worried there, Freddie. Yeah, Dave. Appreciate the call. Uh, appreciate the concern. Um, you got to give him some opportunities. I mean, it was his first start. He's playing against a, def- a defense that's very, very good. They got two really nice outside rushers, and Nagy did no favors for him on helping uh, him to protect him. Um, he needs some of his receivers to get more open. Um, they got to do a better job. The defense did all they could do today, and um, but the offense uh, just could not stay on the field long enough. I'm not a, a big proponent about time of possession until it gets to be double. Time of possession today, Cleveland had it for 39 minutes and 34 seconds, and um, the Bears had it for 20 minutes and 26 seconds. Now, a lot of times I'll say, listen, if you want to get off the field, make a stop. Okay, and they didn't make the stops they had to make today. It would have been nice to make a few more. It would have been nice to make some more tackles. Uh, let's see, third down, third downs for um, 
Oh, who is it? Third downs for the Browns. Let me see if I can find them real quick. Oh, that's first half stats. I'll have them when I come back. We're going to take a quick break. And the one guy that played really well in the defense, and he's played well every game on defense for the Bears, Roquan Smith, he talked to the media afterwards. We'll hear from him when we come back. The ESPN Chicago postgame show continues on the ESPN Chicago app in HD at 100.3 HD2 and on AM at ESPN 1000. Yeah, the Bears gave up 26 points today. They can manage only a couple of Cairo Santos field goals, and they lose 26-6 to to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, one thing you know on a game-by-game basis is that Roquan Smith is going to bring it. He had nine tackles today. Still trying to figure out exactly what happened on the touchdown pass to Austin Hooper. They asked, they asked him the question. You'll probably hear it here in, this, uh, in the interview. They asked him the question. He wasn't going to get into it. Um, but it looked like he, he gave off the tight end to the safety, who was Eddie Jackson, who wasn't near the safety. And Hooper caught the ball, scored the touchdown, one of the uh, two touchdowns that the Browns had. So let's give a listen. A really nice game again for Roquan Smith of the Bears. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So um, you can't look at it as hanging in there for a while. Uh, at the end of the day, you have to finish what you start. So, um, yeah, it was a loss. Hats off to those guys. They came out and they did what they did. How much did the offensive difficulties take the starch out of the defense? Because it just looked like you were down. Uh, at the end of the day, we all have a job. We It's offense and defense. We all stick together. So it's not about singling anything out or, you know, trying to make one look better than the other because at the end of the day, points was, points was given up. When you're on the field for a long time, regardless of the reason, and then what – what can you do to make sure you try to stay as sharp as possible even when you're playing a lot of snaps? You just have to keep fighting. You can't look at all the circumstances because at the end of the day, we all signed the contract. Hey, mind to go out there and play ball. So I'm not worried about how much I'm out on the field. It's just when I'm out there, I have to give it everything I got, and I'm sure everyone else feels the same way. What do you contribute to? Like Early in the game, you guys were seeing the you know, contain those two dynamic backs in terms of not letting them break tackles, get extra yards. If the game goes along, they start to break those tackles, they start to get extra yards. What do you attribute that to? Uh, I would just say not not finishing uh, and just wrapping the guys up. We had a lot of opportunities, uh, and uh, we had a couple missed tackles, so we just have to take advantage of those opportunities when we have them and uh, make the most of it. Uh, it's not hard. Football is uh, tackling and keeping one, keeping the guys from scoring. When Matt came back out in the second half, what did that do for everybody's energy? Uh, it's big. You know, when a guy obviously is uh, hurting, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, to come out there and show that he's really dedicated to his teammates and uh, doing whatever it takes to get out on the, out on the field. So tip hat off to the guy. You know, the guy's a warrior, and he uh, fight each and every day. As you say, you've played through a lot of injuries a couple of years here. Are you surprised anymore to see him go out and, and fight through it? Oh, not at all, man. The guy's a warrior, like I said, and the guy do whatever it takes to be out there with us. So I tip my hat off to the guy, and I tell him all the time how much I appreciate him. So it's big. What do you think of the pass rush for you guys? It like you got to Mayfield, especially the first half. Yeah, it was big. Uh, you know, the pass rush, getting it out, getting getting out to the quarterback. Uh, but wish we could have got a little more. But uh, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Just got to grow from it. What was your responsibility on the Hooper touchdown? It looked like you were passing the off, but I'm not sure if you were. That was your responsibility. Uh, it is what it is. He scored. Uh, so it's we're not point fingers or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I should have prevented that from uh, scoring. I'll take that. Is this the kind of game you miss, uh, Oh, uh, you know, you definitely uh, miss a guy like that, and he definitely big in the run game. So when you having a, a key guy like that out, but it's the next man up mentality. So when he gets back, we'll be excited for him, and uh, we'll be welcoming. Call, we, know you have to, we know you're not blaming anybody, but when you're going constantly back out of the field, not getting any help from the offense, how do you block out that frustration? Uh, like I said earlier, we all have a job. My job is to play defense and to go out there. Uh, every time the defense is up and try to make a play uh, and get the ball in the uh, offense hands, and I'm sure everyone else on defense would say the same. Yeah, Roquan Smith uh, being a really good teammate there, he said, listen, I'll take that uh, for the Austin Hooper touchdown. Uh, but if you go back and look at it, you see he's with Hooper, then he like hands him off to where the safety is he thinks the safety is. 
and uh, Eddie Jackson not near Austin Hooper. Hooper catches the touchdown pass. So um, good stuff from Roquan Smith, including on the field. He had nine tackles today. The Bears had uh, some sacks of their own. They had five sacks. Khalil Mack had two before his uh, with his foot injury. Um, Robert Quinn, one and a half. Uh, Mario Edwards back after being missing the first two games, being suspended. He had one, and um, Blackson also had the other half on the Quinn one. Um, before we go, we got baseball coming up. The Yankees and the Red Sox, big series. They're both they are tied for the top spot in the division. So they're uh, and the Blue Jays are just a game and a half back. So it's uh, quite an interesting race. Uh, quite an interesting race uh, there. So. Let's take a look at the NFC North, okay, because we got the Bears, and the Bears play the Lions next week. The Lions were leading today, 17-16, time winding down, and Justin Tucker sets up for, that's right, a 66-yarder. On its way. It bounces off the crossbar, and it's good! Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, my goodness! Oh, my goodness is right. Uh, 66-yarder from Justin Tucker. Baltimore beats Detroit 19-17. And my producer, Sean Davis, said that Justin Tucker actually um, beat Detroit in 2013 with a 61-yarder eight years ago, uh, almost to the date. So um, they they can do without seeing Justin Tucker. Lions come to Soldier Field next week. Minnesota right now leading Seattle by a score of 27-17. to The Vikings, Kirk Cousins, three touchdown passes in that game today. Um, and the Packers get the Niners tonight. And I was happy this show ends at 6 because I can get to go home and watch that game. Starts about 7.20. Niners trying to improve to 3-0. and Packers uh, do not play well on the road. I think um, I looked at it. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is 5-6 and six against the 49ers. So we'll see how that game turns out. Don't forget tomorrow, um, once everything gets local, the guys will be talking. Cap and Jay Hood. And then we got baseball in the afternoon, White Sox in Detroit, Waddle and Sylvie, Black and Abdallah. They'll all be talking about the 26-6 loss to the Cleveland Browns. Thanks a lot for listening. Fred Huebner with you. Thanks to Sean Davis and uh, J.D. for jumping on in from Cleveland. And uh, have the good rest of your night. And um, let's go Bears. Yeah, maybe. Maybe next week. We'll talk to you again here next week, next Sunday night.